it's kind of a really broad topic when you want to talk about the Sudan revolution. It is extremely broad because of the amount of factors that come in hand when we're speaking about the revolution. So I think it's it's not fair to even start speaking about the revolution without speaking a little bit of the history that has led us to this extremely critical moment in Sudan. Um, and it's it's also not fair to say that all the causes of, of, of this is just from the past 30 years of al-Bashir's regime. A lot of the problems in Sudan were actually post-colonialism problems that were, you know, stacked up during colonialism. And, and a lot of them were direct impact of years of colonialism. Uh, you know, the way the maps are separated and so on. And, and, and the changes within the ethnicities of Sudan and within the, the, uh, the cultural dynamics. I think that had a lot to do with colonialism. Uh, but then within that, so after that, uh, we speak about al-Bashir's regime. Al-Bashir's regime has actually came in 1989. He took power in 1989, uh, where he actually uh, led a coup d'etat against, uh, against Prime Minister Sadiq al-Mahdi, who was the, who was the uh, democratically elected president at the time, Prime Minister Sadiq al-Mahdi. So 1989, coup d'etat, uh, Umar al-Bashir took over in 1989. And uh, it's, it's the, the National Congress Party, the NCP, which is the party that al-Bashir uh, uh, was, was heading, it's actually also the Muslim Brotherhood, or the, the Islamic Brotherhood, al-Ikhwan al-Muslimin. Uh, and in Sudan, we actually call them Al-Kazan. That's the name. If you speak to anyone Sudanese, you will just hear Kazan. A lot of people don't know what Kazan means. Kazan means the Muslim Brotherhood and also the National Congress Party that, that Al-Bashir was, uh, was heading. So, uh, so within these, this period from 1989, there has been dramatic changes in, in the dynamics in Sudan and the demographics and, and the way the culture of Sudan existed. Uh, and, uh, and so this regime was basically an a fascist authoritarian regime that existed and preyed upon conquering and dividing the people of Sudan throughout these years. This regime has conducted genocides in, in areas in Sudan where the tribes are, are more African or you know the, the African ethnicity is much stronger than the Arabic ethnicity. So these places like Darfur, the Blue, Blue, uh, Blue Nile, the Nuba Mountains, these places have had you know, aerial bombings and, and, and counterinsurgency campaigns by the national s intelligence and security. So it was really like an ethnic cleansing basically against those who are not you know, not necessarily Arabic tribes. So that was the one of the most important agendas that I think that the NCP was led, which is the Arabization of Sudan as a country, um, making Sudan feel like, uh, or, or seem like a country that is just Arabic, you know, presenting this image to the world that Sudan is Dawla Arabiya, an Arabic nation, we do not have any African tribes, which is absolutely not true. So, um, so that's one of the factors. And again, you know, when we're talking about a fascist regime, there's all sorts of things that come in hand. You know, there's extensive human rights violations throughout the years. There is a, uh, you know, discrimination against minorities, discrimination against women, discrimination against uh, different religious minorities in Sudan. You know, because Sudan is not just Muslims. There's a, there's a population of Sudan that is Christians. There's a population of Sudan that, you know, is agnostic. Uh, and these these populations were preyed on and, and killed and murdered throughout these years. 
So, so all of these factors, and again with extreme corruption throughout these years, there has been selling of, of public lands and public properties in Sudan to foreign investors in these secret shady deals without the public knowing about. So all of these, all of these factors come in hand, brought us to not just 2019, but you know, people, have started, people have started responding to these things way prior to 2019. We've had protests back in 2010, 2011, 2012, and the, the, the really uh, critical one was 2013, where 200 people were killed in Khartoum. Uh, and, uh, and then it follows on, 2016, 2017, there was a civil disobedience against the austerity measures which the, uh, the government had tried to impose or, or actually did impose. Uh, and so the mismanagement and the corruption that has been happening has also led them to make these you know, austerity measures and plans to try to kind of fix up all the mess that they have made. But the more they tried to mix them, the, 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 to, to fix the mess, the worst it had become, because the people of Sudan were paying the price for, for all these measures and all these you know, methods they were doing. So fast forward to 2018, again as a you know, compilation of all these previous factors, in 2018 the economy was in complete collapse, the inflation rates were very high, the currency was devaluated, and the country was basically in a mess economically. People were not able to even buy bread. They would line up in streets for days to get money, their own money, out of ATM machines that are empty. Banks that are not responding to people or not letting people in. You'd stand in lines f to fill up your gas tank for hours and hours and hours. So people were just living like that. They were every day waking up in the morning, standing in three, four different lines, and there goes your day, you know? So that was kind of the tipping point where people realized that there was for how long are we able to take this? So in December 13th, on December 13th, 2018, a protest broke down in Ad-Damazin, and uh, it was you know, as a, as a direct impact or, or a direct result of all these previous factors. So people took it to the streets in Ad-Damazin and then followed 2000, uh, 2018, December 19, which is the major protest that kind of started the Sudan revolution as it is. That took place in Adbara, uh, um, just on the eastern side of Sudan, and so uh, and so the protest broke down in Adbara, and it was massive. It was huge. Lots of people were in the street. They burned down the National Congress Party uh, building there. So there was there was a lot of movement in Adbara, and that quickly spread, you know, to all the other cities coming to Khartoum. And I think that's one of the things that makes the Sudan Revolution different. This this 2018-2019 revolution different from previous protests is that it, it didn't start in Khartoum as as the previous ones, it had started outside of Khartoum and then kind of made its way to the capital city. But all the other cities, you know, Kassela and then parts of Darfur and so on, they were all involved in this mass movement. Um, and so the protests started, you know, happening on a daily basis, different neighborhoods. And one of the, um, the bodies that kind of spearheaded or kind of like took it upon themselves to do the organizing was uh, something called the Sudanese Professionals Association. This is basically an umbrella of 17 trade unions. So this umbrella was working on, uh, you know, getting, uh, fixing a minimum wage, increasing minimum wage and so on. And so they uh, took it upon themselves to spearhead the, the, uh, the organizing of this work. 
and so that had happened. Uh, and then eventually the Sudanese Professionals Association had called for different opposition, political and, and civilian parties to join. So they have come up with something called the, the Declaration of Freedom and Change. So this declaration is, uh, was, is signed by different political parties and, and, and also civilian civil civil uh, civil rights groups and women rights groups in Sudan so they had signed this declaration which had basically demands for this revolution demands including uh, you know the ousting of, of president Omar al-Bashir but not just that you know because that had happened but we're still now having other problems so it included work on like the civil war and and you know the extension of the civil war and how are we going to move forward now with a new Sudan without war and and, and, um, and also works on economic reforms in the country and the empowerment of women in the country and also having female representatives and so on. So it has different points that are demands of this revolution. So this was uh, spearheaded again by the Sudanese Professionals Association signed by all the freedom and change uh, forces. So, uh, the, so the parties that have signed this declaration are called the Freedom and Change Coalition. FCC, it, it comes up, FFC, so it comes up a lot in, in, uh, in the news and so on. You'll see FFC, that's the Freedom and Change Coalitions. Uh, so, uh, so moving ahead, on the 6th and 7th of April, there was a massive protest in Sudan, we have had trains and buses coming from all the other states. There was a very symbolic moment where a train came from Abbara, which was where this has started. So a train came with Abbara with thousands and thousands of people from Abbara. And you can see the pictures all over the internet, the videos. It was a beautiful moment where, you know, all the protesters in Sudan had met all the other protesters who were coming from different places. We've had 14 buses coming from Kasela, buses coming from Darfur, and so on. So it was literally millions of people on 6th and 7th of April who were uh, there at outside of the army headquarters in Khartoum. Uh, 